November 29th. And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will be from the book of 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. When false teachers cannot accomplish their devious purposes with lies, they start to scoff and ridicule the Word of God. They want you to forget that the very word they deride is in control of God's universe. God created everything by His Word, and His Word holds it together. His Word caused the flood, and His Word will one day bring a judgment of fire to the ungodly world. Whoever robs you of God's Word robs you of your future. People who have no future hope have no motivation for life today. No wonder Peter closes with, Beloved, be diligent, and beloved, beware. We live in dangerous days, my friend, but the opportunities have never been greater. God is patiently waiting for the lost to trust Christ, but He needs you to share the gospel with them. And now, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. November 29th, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. This is my second letter to you, dear friends. And in both of them, I, Peter, have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember and understand what the holy prophets said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. First, I want to remind you that in the last days, there will be scoffers who will laugh at the truth and do every evil thing they desire. This will be their argument. Jesus promised to come back, did he? Then where is he? Why, as far back as anyone can remember, everything has remained exactly the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens by the word of his command and he brought the earth up from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the world with a mighty flood. And God had also commanded that the heavens and the earth will be consumed by fire on the day of judgment, when ungodly people will perish. But you must not forget, dear friends, that a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise to return, as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to perish. So He is giving more time for everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and everything in them will disappear in fire and the earth and everything on it will be exposed to judgment. Since everything around us is going to melt away, what holy, godly lives you should be living! You should look forward to that day and hurry it along, the day when God will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth He has promised a world where everyone is right with God. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to live a pure and blameless life, 
and be at peace with God. And remember the Lord is waiting so that people have time to be saved. This is just as our beloved brother Paul wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him, speaking of these things in all of his letters. Some of his comments are hard to understand, and those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters around to mean something quite different from what he meant, just as they do the other parts of Scripture, and the result is disaster for them. I am warning you ahead of time, dear friends, so that you can watch out and not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people. I don't want you to lose your own secure footing, but grow in the special favor and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be all glory and honor, both now and forevermore. Amen. We are all sailing across the sea of life. Some of you are in a great storm right now. Listen closely. God didn't promise smooth sailing, but He did promise that you're going to reach the other side. Some of you have lost your jobs. Some of you are going through marriage crisis. Some of you are experiencing business failures or business reversals. Some of you are going through a time of family illness. Some of you have experienced unexpected tragedy that's stricken like lightning striking you out of a clear blue heaven. But what can we learn from chaos? What can we do to survive the coming storm? What to do when you feel like you're going under? When chaos reigns? When fear grabs you by the throat and tries to drown you? What to do? Chaos doesn't mean that something is wrong with you. Chaos doesn't mean that God is angry with you. God doesn't love you or that God has rejected you. Chaos does not mean that if you were in the perfect will of God, you wouldn't be in that storm. Let me tell you this very candidly. Chaos is a normal part of life and living. Struggle is the essence of growth and development. A mighty oak begins with a little seed that is planted in the soil and fights its way up only to face the winds, the rain, the snow, the blazing sun, and endless adversity year after year to become a beautiful, magnificent oak tree. Because it's only in the storm that your faith can grow. It's only when your faith is tested by fire that you really know how pure your faith is. It's only when you are tested that your character can develop. Only in the storm can you discover the power of God to deliver you. Only in the storm do you call upon the Lord and find Him to be the ever-present help in the time of trouble. The storm develops your confidence. And as your confidence is, so is your capacity. 
That means that God sent to David a lion to whip and then a bear to whip before he sent the giant. God has you fighting the fight you're fighting now because it's a fight designed to develop your confidence. And when you win this one, the next one will be a little bigger and you'll have the confidence because of your past victory. And when you win that one, you'll win the next one and the next one and the next one because God is transforming you into a lion of God. Because God doesn't answer instantly doesn't mean he's not going to answer. Because God's delays are not God's denials. He's waiting for persistence to overcome resistance. He's trying to develop in you the character of endurance. For those who endure to the end, the same shall be saved. The resistance of water is necessary for ships to float. The resistance of air is necessary for a plane to fly. The resistance of gravity is necessary for you to walk. God puts you through a struggle to develop you into who you are going to be in the kingdom of God. God used no one in the Bible until he put them through the university of adversity before he allowed them to be a leader in the kingdom of God. You will have your adversity. You will reach the other side. But God is going to make a champion of grace out of every one of you. Listen to me. When you focus on the threat, you will experience fear. When you focus on Jesus, you will experience faith. When you struggle, when you go through adversity, think about the possibility that God is using your struggle and your adversity. Every opportunity has difficulty and every difficulty has opportunity. It's only when you come to grips with a difficulty that you will realize your potential. Stop looking at your circumstance and start looking at your opportunity. The things you trust in today will fail you tomorrow. People will fail you. How many brides and grooms have walked the aisle of the wedding chapel, stood before God and made a covenant, and they put their complete trust in another person, and that person broke that covenant and broke their heart? How painful! How chaotic! What oceans of anger flood the soul when that happens? What madness! Where is God to allow something like that to happen? Listen, it's not the end of the world. In time, your heart will heal. The sun will shine again. You will sing again. You will love again. You may think there's no answer for me. Oh, God, God has a thousand and one answers you haven't thought of. Where do you go when the storms of life are greater than what you can endure? When the storms are great, when the winds and the waves are crushing your dreams, where do you go? You go to the one whom winds and waves obey. His name is Jesus. He is the rock. He is the Savior.
Psalm 119, verses 129 through 152. When you live by the Word of God, your life becomes wonderful because the Word of God is wonderful. The Spirit shows you wonderful things in the Word and enables you to meditate on His wonderful works. God transforms your mind and enables you to escape the dull conformity of the world. His light shines within you, and His face shines upon you, so that you become a light in a dark world. Now, a key word in this section is righteousness. No matter how zealous we may be for God's truth, we must also have His righteousness if we're going to succeed. The Word helps us practice righteousness in a sinful world. There is no substitute for integrity, which comes from loving the Word and obeying it. We also read about the psalmist who is crying out to God in prayer and reminding us that the Word of God helps us to pray in the will of God. The Word of God and prayer must never be separated. If they are, we'll get out of balance. The better we know the Word, the more effectively we will pray. And the more effectively we pray, the better we will learn the Word. Psalm 119, verses 129 through 152. Your, the Lord's decrees, are wonderful. No wonder I obey them. As your words are taught, they give light. Even the simple can understand them. I open my mouth, panting expectantly, longing for your commands. Come and show me your mercy, as you do for all who love your name. Guide my steps by your word, so I will not be overcome by any evil. Rescue me from the oppression of evil people. Then I can obey your commandments. Look down on me with love. Teach me all your principles. Rivers of tears gush from my eyes because people disobey your law. O Lord, you are righteous, and your decisions are fair. Your decrees are perfect. They are entirely worthy of our trust. I am overwhelmed with rage, for my enemies have disregarded your words. Your promises have been thoroughly tested. That is why I love them so much. I am insignificant and despised, but I don't forget your commandments. Your justice is eternal, and your law is perfectly true. As pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your commands. Your decrees are always fair. Help me to understand them, that I may live. I pray with all my heart, Answer me, Lord. I will obey your principles. I cry out to you, Save me, that I may obey your decrees. I rise early, before the sun is up. I cry out for help, and put my hope in your words. I stay awake through the night, thinking about your promise. In your faithful love, O Lord, hear my cry. In your justice, save my life. Those lawless people are coming near to attack me. They live far from your law. But you are near, O Lord, and all your commands are true. I have known from my earliest days that your decrees never change.
Proverbs chapter 28, verses 21 and 22. Showing partiality is never good, yet some will do wrong for something as small as a piece of bread. A greedy person tries to get rich quick, but it only leads to poverty.